Strange workforce issues were important topics in the news this past year. The ongoing hybrid situation continued, lots of people at home, but not those whose work is location-specific. It all got leavened by the arrival of vaccines and vaccine mandates. For what you cared about and what it means for the year ahead, Federal News Network's top digital editor, David Thornton. David, you follow everything we do online. You keep the statistics. You know what people are reading. You know how long they're reading it. You know how many people read it. What did our readers, the core readers in the federal and contractor marketplace, care about in the past year? Well, there weren't a whole lot of surprises this year. Uh, As with pretty much every year, pay and benefits carried the day. But there were a couple of things worth noting. Uh, so our top performing story this year, the the story that the most people cared about, actually came from a surprising source. It's one of the people in our newsroom that is probably least often on the homepage, and that's one of our digital editors, Alazar Mogus. He covered the when President Biden made Juneteenth a federal holiday. That had more than 600,000 page views this year. It was our top performing story for the year. It was the story that most people came to us to find out about. And like I said, this fits in with a years-long pattern of feds coming to us more than anything else for their pay, their benefits, their time off. You know, we didn't have a government shutdown this year, but that's always something that really carries a lot of interest when it happens. Uh, but it was cool to see uh, Alazar get some extra exposure that he doesn't usually get. That proves my theory that everyone's favorite station is not WFED, but WIIFM. What's in it for me? Exactly, exactly. And that tracks with a lot of our biggest stories this year. Other than that one, you know, we have the usual annual leave carryover policy was a big one. Uh, Federal pay raise always does well whenever we get news about what the president is thinking, what Congress is thinking, when it gets signed into law. That's always a big attraction, and that's always brings a lot of feds to our site. The other thing this year, and this wasn't really a big surprise, but it is kind of out of the ordinary for us just because of the times, is vaccine mandates. That got a lot of attention this year when the vaccine mandate got implemented. Uh, The information our workforce reporter, Nicolo Grisco, reported about medical and religious exemptions, contractor vaccine mandates, and when the courts recently put a stay on those. All of those were also big, big draws. Uh, You know, everybody wants to know what's going on with work. When am I going back to work? How long will the office be closed? When do I have to get my vaccine by? How can I become exempt to getting the vaccine? And That's the information that I think our reporters have done a fantastic job this year of getting across to the federal workforce. Sure. And let's move on to the issue of information technology, because that is the single biggest discretionary budget item in the federal government. It's probably 10 percent of the roughly trillion the government spends to keep itself going every year outside of entitlements, et cetera. And what was popular in that area? You know, we do a lot of focus on a lot of the smaller moves, uh, a lot of the uh, here's what this particular agency did and how you can replicate that. Jason Miller obviously constantly has his finger on the pulse of the IT community. But one of the things we see constantly is one of the biggest draws in this particular area is major contract developments. Uh, Jedi for so long always carried a lot of interest with our audience and uh, when the DOD created the new project and picked Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Oracle for the project that's replacing Jedi Cloud, 
that was big news, and everybody came to us for that. We're speaking with Federal News Network's David Thornton, who you don't see as much on the air here, don't hear him as much or read his bylines as much, but he is the person that is behind what you see presented on our website day in, day out, and does a great job at that. What else? Tell us what else seemed to portend what people will care about in the year ahead, do you think? You know, there's a lot of big move towards a hybrid workforce. And every time that there is any developments in that, that draws a lot of attention on our website as well. You know, new telework policies, organizations and agencies that are making moves and leading the way in telework, like uh, SSA developed new telework schedules on November 8th, OPM urging agencies to weave telework and remote work into the workforce culture. Those are stories that attract a lot of attention and obviously mean a lot to the federal workforce. Um, And again, that goes back to, you know, what is my agency doing and what does it mean to me? And so that's the kind of news that we try and bring to everybody and that we try and highlight and put a spotlight on. Yeah, I've heard that so often over the 30 years I've been in this market and 15 years in other technology markets before federal. And that is people read business to business, follow business to business media When I started out, there was no such thing as the Internet, or at least not for the average person. And that is they are interested in what's going on under their own roof, but down the hall, so to speak. What the other company they compete with is doing or what the other agency that their friends work at is doing. And sometimes the official within market channels aren't as effective as what external media can bring. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, there's not always as much communication from the top within organizations that people desire. And so I think the fact that we provide a lot of that is a really great service to the federal and contracting communities. You know, there is, like you said, that that what are competitors doing? You know, how do you stay current in your organization? You know, competing for hiring and retention with the private sector is a big deal for governments. We see that a lot. And so, you know, when we report on these things, it kind of gives them an idea of what moves are being made more broadly within the community and outside of the community and gives them an opportunity to keep up. So, yeah, I think I think they, uh, our audience comes to us a lot for that kind of. So, David, from your unique perch as watching all of the news generate and get posted and then watching what the reaction is, what do you feel is going to be of high interest in 2022? Well, the vaccine mandates and the pandemic obviously aren't going away anytime soon. With Omicron surging right now, uh, there's an open question in the air about how long these reopening plans that have been set for January and February and you know the first quarter, how long are those going to last the way they are now? Are these going to get pushed back? So I don't think that's going away anytime soon. We're currently operating under a CR, so we'll see if Congress manages to pass a full budget anytime soon. That always brings, you know, there's always the threat of shutdown. So that always brings a lot of attention. And uh, there's a lot of major contracts up in the air, a lot of major contracts that are getting replaced in the near future. Uh, So I expect to see a lot of attention around those as well. Federal News Network's David Thornton. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Again, David is one of our digital editors and follows reading and story popularity trends day by day. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. 
During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from sea to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, when I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally and, agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening, 
to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.